Amen. It is always so good to hear about testimonies from the mission field when we send people out. Because when we send teams out, it's not just the, the people that are on the mission field physically that are making an impact, but it's everyone. It's, it's a whole team thing that we're doing here where people are being sent out and people are sending others out. And so that's why the, the UPS, the United Prayer Service that we have set up is such a, such a wonderful organization of prayer that engages everyone in the church with what's going on in the mission field. And, and the Lord is doing a marvelous thing in these nations. It's so good to hear about it. Amen. And I'd say one of my favorite things being on the mission field is always watching people praise the Lord. I love, I love to see people worship God. I love to see people with full on hearts of praise, giving themselves over in the place of praise to the Lord. There's nothing, I don't think there's anything more beautiful to me than that. Uh, I've had the opportunity, the, the privilege of, of worshiping with people all over the world, really. Uh, in, in South America, all over Asia, uh, in Australia, different places in North America. And I think that's, that's what I love probably more than anything else, is seeing people sincerely, authentically, worshiping the Lord. There's nothing more beautiful than that. I, I think sometimes of you know, what, what it would be like like if I'm, I'm on a subway train in Korea, I get these thoughts in my head. Like it, maybe it comes with, with being a, a worship pastor. You know, I think it could be for anyone. But I get these thoughts in my head. Like what would it be like right now if every single person in the subway car just started, like got encountered full on by the glory of God and started praising the Lord? Does, is, am I the only one? Does it, okay, Rona? Or like I think about... Because one area of soul that's really on our hearts, we've really spent a lot of investment in, is, is Itaewon. And I think about like walking down the street in Itaewon, all of a sudden the, the, the glory of God shows up, and people fall on their faces and like worship the Lord. You know, people from every religious background, because people from every religious background are in Itaewon, all sorts. Worshiping the God of heaven, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who created all. What would that be like? And I tell you, that, that stirs up my heart. That gets me going. And you know what? That should really get us going. Do you know why? Does anyone know why? I'll give you the answer. Because it's actually the mandate that God's given us as a house. Our, we are a, an Isaiah 61 house. And a significant part of that is bestowing on people a garment of praise. Amen? We're actually going to look at Isaiah 61 this afternoon. And so, but what we're going to do is actually, you can open your ESV Bible if you want, but uh, the leaders of our church should have the passage memorized in the NIV 84 version, because that's what we've done. So whether you came on leadership recently or whether it was a while ago, we're going to, if you have an NIV Bible, that's cool too. Uh, but our ESV open up to whatever, but we're going to read it together or recite it together. If we're able to in the NIV 84, if you don't have an NIV, then just follow along. Let's see who's not looking at their Bible. and Who's going to go for it. <laughs> Give a report later. <laughs> okay. I'll read it just to make sure that, you know, I'm getting, not, don't miss anything. Okay, 
Try it with me if you can. One, two, three. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Amen. Amen. This is, this is what God has called us to as a church more than anything else. It's the, the vision statement, the purpose statement of our church. We are raising up an army of mighty warriors who will go out in the anointing of the Holy Spirit to set free the captives and bind up the brokenhearted. That's what God has called us to. And that should, that should fire us up. We've, we've seen that through our ministry on the mission field. We've seen it in our ministry here in Seoul. We've seen a lot of broken and hurting people come to this very room and our other sanctuaries at Itaewon, Seaside. We've seen people who came in here broken, who got set free and got a garment of praise laid upon them. Amen? I could start naming names of people who came in here very broken, very like very jaded by different things. And then they were encountered by God and then they praise God like, like you never seen anyone praise the Lord. Because that's, that's what God's, in a, in a general sense, he's calling the whole church to that. I mean, that was the ministry he gave to Jesus, right? When Jesus came on the scene in ministry, he, he released this and said, this is fulfilled in your hearing now. Now, everyone who comes uh, and follows me, everyone who's with me is going to have this ministry as well. So in a general sense, it's for the whole church, but we've really taken it on in a specific sense for our church. Whatever we do in the future... It's going to be this. It's going to be some form of this. Amen? But here's the thing about laying on or bestowing a garment of praise upon other people. Is that the starting place for that is really making sure that we have the garment of praise put on us and that we don't take it off. You know, the garment of praise that was laid upon you, that was bestowed upon you, was never meant to be taken off you. That's like a 24-7 sort of garment that God has given us. And it can be very easy to come into a, a place like this where there's great music happening, the anointing's flowing strongly, and we're just like, it's the most natural thing in that environment to praise the Lord. It's, it's actually really easy for most people to pray. If, if you believe in the Lord, if, if the Holy Spirit lives in you, then, then when the anointing's in the room and, and people are worshiping the Lord, it's really easy to just get caught up in that and worship the Lord. But it's not as easy or natural when you go into a different environment where, it, you know, it's not a full band playing. Actually, Pastor Anita mentioned it this morning at Sunday Swim. Like, at Sunday Swim, you know, where it's just like Pastor Herman on his guitar... And it's, it's amazing, but it's not the full band. It's a bit of a different feel. It can be a bit more difficult to get going with that. Or uh, maybe in a CG, a community group here at New Philly, where we have an element of, of worship in that, you know, where it's just a bit, a bit of a different feel. Are you full-on engaged in praise the same way in your community group as you are in a Sunday here where it's really easy to? Or beyond that, you know, 
when you're in your apartment by yourself, when you're walking down the street, when you're with friends, how easy is it for you to really take on the garment of praise and never take it off, to be clothed with it? This is one thing I found out about this word in the Hebrew, in the garment of praise. Uh, in Isaiah 61, uh, the, the Hebrew word is ooh, mat, mate. Okay, everyone say, up to them, say that after me, mate. mate. Okay, now mate is a very interesting word in Hebrew because this occurrence in Isaiah 61 is the only occurrence of this word in the entire Bible. Whenever you come across something like that, you should pay attention because God's saying there's something different happening here than any other usage of, of another similar word in other places. God's trying to highlight something to us for this. So in the Bible, there's a lot of imagery for taking on clothes, right? Like uh, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, humility, gentleness, and patience out of Colossians 3. Uh, the Lord clothes himself with righteousness. The Lord clothes himself with zeal. The Lord clothes himself with justice. And, and different people clothing themselves with, with these different virtues. A lot of that sort of imagery. But this is the only place in the Bible where that imagery of clothing yourself is given by this Hebrew word. What's interesting about this word is that it's not the common word for clothes. It's a word that actually more closely resembles uh, a full-on enclosure, a wrapping, or a mantle that someone might have. The imagery that Isaiah is giving here in Isaiah 61 is to be fully wrapped up in praise. Very interesting. To be fully encompassed in praise. It's a, it's a piece of clothes that was never really meant to be taken off, but to be held on all the time. Not to just put on and take off whenever you want, but to put it on and keep it on. Amen? That's what it's saying here. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, keep your clothes on. Please keep your clothes on. Yeah. Amen. We want to be, we want to be clothed with the garment of praise all the time. And, and here's really why. Because Jesus died so that we could actually praise him. You know, it's actually, you wouldn't be able to even praise the Lord if it wasn't for what Jesus did for you. And Jesus didn't die for you so you could just, you know, take on that garment every once in a while and praise him when you feel like it. He died for you so you could live a life of praise all the time, a posture, a heart posture of always praising the Lord, regardless of what situation you're in. We want the fullness, amen? We don't want just a partial fulfillment of all that Jesus did for us. We want everything. We want the whole thing. We're not stopping short of one thing that Jesus died for us for. We want everything. And he said, take on the garment of praise and don't put it off. Take on the garment of praise and don't put it off. So what we're going to look at this afternoon is how to put on the garment of praise and keep it on all week. Amen. Because again, it's easy to have it on here, 
But sometimes I think, you know, you come and you, you grab the garment of praise when you walk in the door and you're praising the Lord with that garment of praise. And then for so many of us, myself included, it happens where we leave this place and it's like we check our garment of praise at the door and we just are we're ready to pick it up next Sunday when we come in. And sometimes, I'll be honest, sometimes I'm at, I'm at like K1 and I think, man, that person who's sitting in K1, they're worshiping the Lord full on with their heart on Sunday. But, but what happened to the garment of praise? I mean, I don't, I don't see it on them anymore, you know? It's, it's something that's so easy and so common, but God wants to really build us up in it. God is committed to us putting on the garment of praise and keeping it on, staying in the posture of praise all week, whatever we're doing, wherever we are. Amen? Amen. Okay, so these are some ideas, some things that will be helpful for us in putting on the garment of praise and keeping it on. There are many things we could preach on, many ideas, many scriptural principles we could give. I'm just doing three for us this afternoon. The first one, and they're all very simple. The first one is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's only by the Holy Spirit that you can praise the Lord. Do you realize that? You know, it's, and and you will see, you'll see a stark difference between ministries that embrace like the baptism of the Holy Spirit and those who completely reject it in the place of like the form of praise, the nature of praise in a certain place, the the freedom in the place of praise. I grew up with a, a relatively conservative background. I'm ethnically Mennonite. If you didn't know, if you don't know what that is, I can always explain it to you later. I've explained it many times to many people. Uh, But uh, it was a relatively conservative upbringing for me. And and so I've experienced a wide range of of different worship environments. But the, the ones that I get to where they really embrace the baptism, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, letting the Holy Spirit do everything he wants to do, those are the places where you're going to see praise reach different levels because you can't worship God without the Holy Spirit. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 12. He says, you can only worship the Lord. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Do you realize you, you cannot even sincerely, genuinely confess that Jesus is Lord unless the Holy Spirit is working in you. It's impossible for you. You can't. And so the extent to which the Holy Spirit is flowing through us is the extent to which we'll be able to praise the Lord. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, the most natural thing in the world for you to do is praise the Lord. That's the first thing that happens. You get the example of uh, Cornelius, who was, he was a Roman centurion who, uh, who God led Peter to. And Cornelius gathered his family, gathered his friends, and they were in a room. And Peter was explaining the gospel, was sharing the gospel to them. And as they were receiving the gospel, these people who had never heard it before... It says the Holy Spirit came upon them and they started praying in tongues and praising the Lord. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, when you're filled with the Spirit, you begin to praise the Lord. When you get encountered by the Holy Spirit, it's going to change the way you worship God every time. 
For some people, it's like a radical right now, like it supercharges them in the place of praise. You'll see sometimes we have an altar call up here and, and people are laying on hands and, and all of a sudden, like they get hit by the fire of the Holy Spirit and, and they start worshiping the Lord, like just with, with, with everything being propelled by the Holy Spirit. And then you get some people, they get encountered by the Lord powerfully, although it might feel different for them. And then it's more of a gradual change for them. But when you get encountered by the Holy Spirit, your praise is going to change. It's going to develop. It's going to cultivate. I was the kind of person when I was, when I was baptized in the spirit, I, I wasn't, it wasn't like a dramatic, I, I didn't fall on my face. I didn't fall backwards. I know I didn't start, I didn't, I didn't start praying in tongues right away or anything like that. But it was like, it was a gradual change in my life. I was in a place when I, in that time when I was encountered powerfully by the Holy Spirit, where I was just thirsty for the things of God. I wanted it badly. If it was real, I wanted it. I didn't care what it, what it maybe looked like. I didn't care what people thought of me. If it was real, I wanted it. If it was going to bring me closer to God, I wanted it. I didn't care. And again, my background, I didn't have experience with this. I didn't have like, I was just like catching pieces of these things along the way. But I was like, like God had put this, this drive in my heart to really go after him. And you know, if, if the baptism of the spirit, if that's good for me, then I want it. You know, if, if tongues is good for me, then I want it. If it's going to help me cultivate my love for Jesus, then I want it and I want it and I want it. So I pursued it and I ended up. Uh, at, I was leading praise at, at a YWAM event, a DTS, um, in, in the Southern part of Korea at one point, a number of years ago. And, and the preacher, the pastor there was, was, uh, preaching on the baptism of the spirit. And I thought, man, this is my chance. I'm, I'm in a place with like spirit filled believers who, you know, they, they believe in the baptism of the spirit. They love that. And, uh, and so I was, and there was an altar call for it. And I'm like, I'm the praise leader. I'm supposed to be up like leading closing praise, but I don't care because I'm after God and I'm just going to take whatever I can get because it's real. I sense that it's real and I want it. And, uh, and so it ended up being like everyone in the room was praying for me. I don't know how it got to like, there was an altar call. <laughs> like there was a bunch of people receiving prayer, but then all of a sudden it was like everyone surrounded me and they all laid hands on me and they're all praying in tongues over me, you know? And, uh, and I'm like, this is it. This is it. I'm, I'm expecting like acts two, like Pentecost, like fire from on high upon my head. And I'm going to, I'm going to start like, like speaking in, in other languages, you know? And, uh, and none of that ever happened, but, uh, but I felt like something real happened to me in that place. Like there was an encounter with the Holy spirit, like something, something changed, something shifted. And it wasn't until, until weeks later and I was, I was like, you know, practicing praying in tongues, you know, I'm like, I receive it I, in faith. I receive the gift of tongues, you know, and how, how tongues can be really awkward at first for a lot of people. Like some people, it's just like, bam, they have it. And it's like the most easy thing in the world. So like a lot of people have to have to, you know, develop it, cultivate it, practice it. Right. And so for me, that, that's what I was doing. That's what I like every day. I was just, you know, spending time pacing back and forth, praying in tongues. And uh, I, I just didn't. I had like kind of a sense that it was real, but I was like in faith, I was receiving it. And, um, what, what ended up happening was, it was a few weeks after this, this time. And, uh, 
I was, I was in my apartment by myself and I was praying for this girl that I liked. Okay. And, and it wasn't, it wasn't Pastor Anita. <laughs> this was, this was many years ago. It was well before I ever met her. It's okay to like girls, you know, before, before you meet your wife. It's, there's nothing wrong with that. And, uh, and so what I was doing, I was in my apartment by myself and she had a big family and her family members were going through a lot of difficult situations. And so I was praying through her family members one by one by one. And, and so, yeah, I was, you know, and here's, and the thing about it was that she had just recently uh, broken up with her boyfriend. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And because I was, I was a pretty good friend of hers. We talked through a lot of what happened and you know, why things happened the way they did. And, uh, yeah. And so I was, I was being a, a good friend, right? And, uh, yeah. And, and, um, uh, and so I was, I was praying through her family, just like, just like sincerely loving on her family. I wasn't like, I wasn't going to tell her, Hey, I was praying through your family. I was just, I, you know, I was just loving her family. And, uh, and I thought maybe they'd, they'd be my family someday too. So, you know, uh, kind of not really, <laughs> but what happened. And so I, I'm pacing in my apartment and I'm, I'm praying in tongues, but my, my, my spirit is, is active in that place. And my mind is still, I'm still praying for them, but I'm praying in tongues. He's kind of pacing back and forth, praying for them. And uh, I was starting to get like really charged up in the place of prayer. Like it was, it was really starting to take hold of me as I was praying in tongues. It was, it was flowing better. And it was like something real is happening. The Holy Spirit's really moving upon me. And, and I, and I, so I was praying for her sisters and her brother and her mom and her dad. And all of a sudden in the spirit, while I'm praying for her, I feel the Lord say this. I feel the Lord say, pray for her ex-boyfriend. And I'm like, okay. But he, the thing is that I was, I was like really flowing with the Holy Spirit. It felt really good, right? When you're flowing with the Spirit, it's just easy to pray. So you're thinking, okay, I'll, you know, he's, he's, he's a brother. I'll, I'll pray for him, you know? So I, I'm praying for him, praying for him, praying for him, praying, praying blessings over the guy. And then I feel the Lord say this. Now pray that their relationship will be reconciled. That's what he said to me. And so I'm praying and I'm like in my in my mind, I'm saying, no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, no, Lord, no. But my, but my spirit is saying yes, because I'm engaging with the Lord. So my spirit is saying yes. And my mind's saying, no, Lord, I don't want to, but it felt so good. And I kept praying, I kept praying and I kept praying. Now I'm praying, praying blessings over them. And, and then finally I, I get that off and I, I sincerely was, was blessed. And the Lord was changing my heart in that time. And, um, and that's when I really realized, wow, the, the Holy Spirit is at work in me. I, I was baptized in the spirit. I was, you know, energized by the spirit. I was, you know, made alive in that sense. And be, I, I had been filled by the spirit and I started praising the Lord. My praise changed at that point. I started, and, and before I get into that, I'll just let you know as well that, um, the relationship did get reconciled and 
they got engaged a few months later. And now, as far as I know, they're happily married and have many children. Praise the Lord. Yeah. But at that point, my, my worship changed. See, I always, I always was wanting to be sincere in the place of worship and genuine in the place of worship. But after that point, my worship started to become a lot more intense and fiery. You know, like for those of you who, who see me lead praise, that, that's kind of one of the aspects or marks of my praise leading is that I can get a bit intense in, in the spirit. Like I, I like when, when the spirit grabs hold of me, it's like, I just like, I can't help it. And I just start praising with a lot of intensity. It wasn't that way for me before that time to keep the garment of praise on. It really helps to be filled with the Holy spirit. It's uh, Ephesians five says this. It says, do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery, but instead be filled with the spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. You know, there's a direct relationship, a direct correlation between being filled with the spirit and praising the Lord. There always is. And this, this verb, be filled with the spirit in Ephesians 5 in, in the Greek, it's the English equivalent of the present continuous tense. So what that really means is keep going on being filled by the Spirit. Like being filled with the Spirit is not a once and you're done sort of thing. Being filled with the Spirit is, is an everyday sort of thing. It's walking continually in the Spirit. Walking in response to what the Spirit is doing and asking the Lord, Lord, fill me with your Spirit. When you ask the Lord for a spirit, he's not going to give you a snake or a stone, Jesus says. He's going to give you the Holy Spirit. He's a good father. You know, even your best fathers on earth are evil compared to the, the father of lights who, from whom all good gifts come. And he longs to fill us with the spirit. It's just, it's just a surrendered heart that says yes to the Holy Spirit. That's all it really is. And... Uh, and it's interesting in this passage, it can work both ways. It's been seen both ways where being filled with the spirit leads to praising God. But also you can look at it the other way where praising the Lord leads to being filled with the Holy Spirit. Did you realize that? This is a beautiful, what you could call an upward cycle, right? When you praise the Lord, you become more fill the spirit. God manifests his presence. Psalm 22, three says he inhabits the praises of Israel. He inhabits the praises of his people. He, he meets people in the place of praise. His spirit is there. When you praise the Lord, you become more filled with the spirit. When you're filled with the spirit, you begin to praise the Lord more. When you praise the Lord more, you be, you become more filled with the spirit and you become more filled with the spirit. You praise the Lord more and it keeps going upward. It always does. That's the way God designed it. Like, is it the chicken or the egg that came first? It could be either in this case, but being filled with the spirit will always enable you to praise the Lord and praise him on a consistent daily basis. And the Lord is set on you doing that set on releasing that in your life. Amen. That's the first being filled with the spirit. That's first step that I want to leave with us this afternoon. The second one, again, very simple. Praise him 
when you don't feel like it. That's most of the week for, for most of us. Most of the time, we don't naturally feel like praising the Lord. It's not the most natural thing for us to do. Often we're having, we're having a bad day or someone said something uh, critical to us or someone, you know, you know, slighted us in some way or things didn't work out the way we hoped to. And in those situations, it's not the most natural thing to praise the Lord, but God is calling us to praise him when we don't feel like it. When I was younger, when I was like in high school, I was a very depressed person. Yeah. Most of you, you might not know that about me. I was, my, my temperament, for those of you who follow temperaments, is, is phlegmatic melancholy. I am, I'm pretty strongly phlegmatic. We got something in the house? Okay. I love phlegmatics. I feel like I've embraced my phlegmatic, you know, temperament. I feel like phlegmatics, phlegmatics can do whatever they want, by the way. They, they can do whatever they want. The key is that they have to want to do it. And if they don't want to do it, then it's not going to happen, you know? So you need to give a phlegmatic proper motivation, and then things will, you know, things will happen. You need to pray for them. Pray for us. But when I was, <laughs> when I was in high school, I was, I'm sure I was dominantly melancholy, but not in like a healthy way, like melancholy in a very unhealthy way where I was, I was very emo, you know, my hair was longer, you know, <laughs> now nah, Peter, Peter's healthy. Peter's healthy. But, um, but yeah, I was, I was fairly like, and I was, you know, I was a goaltender playing hockey. And goaltenders, they're often like a, a different sort of player. Like I was the kind of guy, I was, I was in my, you know, in my stall in the dressing room, just kind of, you know, my head down, getting into the zone, like just, just like getting myself geared up, not paying attention to anyone else, you know, in the room. And I would just be very much in my own space, very intense in that sense. And, uh, and yeah, I just, you know, in high school, I, I just didn't really like who I was in a lot of ways. Uh, I listened to a lot of depressing music. I like bathed myself. I would fall asleep listening to it. It was really bad. Like you, you fall asleep listening to depressing music, your body is going to marinate it in it all night. Don't do that. Like go to sleep, <laughs> go to sleep listening to praise music, something that will marinate your body in goodness and you'll wake up feeling better for it. Uh, but I wish I could go back to that time. And just simply have learned, and I was a believer at that time, but to simply have learned in that place to praise the Lord. Simply when I didn't feel like it, to simply worship God for who he is. It was, it was what God was calling me to, but what I rejected in that place. It doesn't matter what our circumstances are, what we're feeling like if we're in a bad mood. It's always a good time to praise the Lord. It's always the right thing to praise the Lord. If you're wondering what is the right thing for me to do right now, anytime, the right thing for you to do right now is praise the Lord. Like you can do that. That's, that's scripturally sound. You know, you got Job. Job is the best example of it where, you know, he had everything taken away from him. 
all of it. You know, all of his sons, all his daughters, his cattle, his sheep, his riches, his wealth, everything he had. Job had every reason in the world, as his wife encouraged him to do, you know, if there was a reason to curse God and die, you know, that's what, after all has happened, his wife turns to him and says, why don't you just curse God and die? You know, and, uh, you know, don't do that to your husband, wives. That's not, you know, what a wife of noble character does. It's not what my wife would ever, of course, do to me. Um, but, but Job in that space, and even with sores all over his body, you know, painful sores, he said, the Lord has given and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In that space, Job leaves us the example of simply praising the Lord. God is, he's always good in what he does. He's always inviting us to praise him, to worship him. Because the thing is that worship isn't about us. Do you realize that? Worship was never really for us. It's not about us. Worship is all about God. Louis Giglio, who a number of you would, would recognize the name, he, uh, he said something that really struck me hard one time. And he said, this is a sign of a healthy church. The sign of a, like a, a really healthy church. He said, what we typically do after service and we think this is actually a really good thing to do. And in a sense it is, but in a, in a, after a service, we go away and we might ask each other, you know, so, so what do you think of service? You know, what, what did you think about the message? What did you think about the, the praise time? Did you like it? You know, was it, did it connect with you? Did you really enjoy it? Did you have a good time at church? what did you think about it? You know, and that's, that's what believers often do after they leave a church, right? After leave a church service. But Giglio says, this is a sign of a really healthy church. When your church members, when they go away from the church, not having that conversation with each other, but asking those questions to the Lord. God, what did you think about our service today? Did, did you like it? <laughs> really? Like that's, that's what we should be asking the Lord after we leave church, God, what, what did you think about what happened today? Did it bless you? Did you like it? Did it fill your heart with joy? That's what I, I want all of us to be doing that. No, Lord, what did you, th I was there worshiping you. What, what did you think of that? Because I came here for you and this is all about you. It was never about me. We worship him even when we don't feel like it. Here's another Great example. The best example being Jesus. Now, Jesus on his way to the cross, he meets with his disciples for his, his last Passover on earth, which we now know as the last supper. And so he met in an upper room with his, with his disciples and, and they had worship in that room. And it was common for these songs that are known as the Songs of Ascents or the Psalms of Ascents, which are from Psalm 120 to 136, I believe it is. And they would recite these psalms together. And so Jesus knew exactly what was going to happen. 
He knew where he was going. He knew what was going to happen there. He knew he would be crucified on a cross and that he would be separated from the Father in that place. And I want us to actually, everyone turn to Psalm 136. This psalm would have been the climax of the songs that they sang together at that time. Okay, this is Jesus. He's about to go to the cross and suffer unbelievable agony, both physically and emotionally. And it would have been a, it would have been a call and response. It likely would have been Jesus giving the first half of the verse and the disciples declaring together, everyone declaring together, the second half of the verse. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who alone does great works, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who by understanding made the heavens, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who spread out the earth above the waters, for his steadfast love endures forever. And it goes on for the whole psalm. His love endures forever. His steadfast love endures forever. His steadfast love endures forever. His steadfast love endures forever. This is what Jesus was singing and declaring hours before he was going to the cross. Do you think Jesus felt like praising the Lord? He could have been thinking all sorts of things. But what he chose to do in that time with his disciples was praise the Lord. It's always good, always right to praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. Okay, the third thing, third step that I'll leave with us this afternoon and keeping the garment of praise on all the time. Again, very simple. And it's very closely related, actually, to the second point. It's simply this. Stop thinking about yourself and fix your eyes on who God is. Stop thinking about yourself and fix your eyes on who God is. You know, that praise is always a response to who God is to what he has done or a combination of the two. Praise is always a response. We praise God because of who he is or what he's done. And the extent to which we know God, the extent to which we've seen God, the extent to which we've experienced God, is the extent to which we'll be able to worship him, not only on a Sunday, but through the entire week. We worship him, we praise him in a response. The more eyes are fixed on the Lord the more completely natural it is to simply praise him. You think about the throne room of God, right? Revelation 4, Revelation 5, Isaiah 6, these different passages that, that give us insight into what's happening right now, by the way. While we're sitting in this room right now, this is happening. You've got four living creatures, very interesting beings, and they've got eyes all around their bodies, every part, under their wings, above their wings, front and back. They're surrounded with eyes. Their eyes are all trained upon the Son of Man. Their eyes are trained upon the one who sits on the throne. 
and they're there with no veil in between. Like right here where we are, we don't praise God seeing him with our physical eyes. We praise him seeing with our spiritual eyes. But these are, they're praising him with their physical eyes. They're seeing him. And the only thing they can do, when you see God, the only thing you can do is worship him. The only thing you can do is praise him. The only thing you can do is fall on your face and give him the praise that's due his name. That's all you can do. Beloved, if we actually saw things rightly, if we actually saw things the way they really, really are, we would not stop praising him. What does Matt Redman say in that song? If we could see how much you're worth, your power, your might, your endless love, then surely we would never cease to praise you. If we could see God, if we saw God during the week, if we had our eyes fixed on who he is during the week, we would just be praising him. It wouldn't matter what's happening, what that person said about us, what my boss did to me. You know, it would just be, my heart is caught up in praising the Lord. My heart posture is to praise the Lord because I'm seeing him. All it takes, all it takes, beloved, is seeing the Lord. It's beholding his beauty and his goodness. I think about being in heaven with the Lord. Someday, every one of us is going to be, you know, if we're saved, every one of us, if we're not saved, and we won't. Get saved first. <laughs> every one of us who is saved is going to stand before the Lord in glory. Actually, I mean, everyone's going to do that much. Stand before the Lord in glory. But once we're received in, I feel like, like we'll, we'll be enveloped in glory. We'll be caught up in glory. But I can't help thinking that for at least a split second, I'm going to stand before him ashamed. And I'm going to say, like, this is, this is who God is. I've heard things. I've seen things in the spirit, but I haven't seen this. I've never seen the fullness. And now that I see the fullness, now that I see reality, now that I see that, why didn't I worship God with more of my being when I was on earth? Because God is no less glorious now than he will be when we stand before him on that day. He's the same God. He's perfect in glory from generation to generation. Right now, he is fully glorious. He's the same God we're going to stand before. And I feel like, like I'll, be, I'll be there standing before him for a second. Like, what was I thinking? Why was I so caught up with that other stuff? It's, our, our lives are but a breath. You know, we're, we're here for like the snap of a finger in the scope of eternity. It's been said that, you know, if you, for you mathematicians out there, if you divide any finite number by zero. Oh, no, sorry. I got it wrong. If you divide any finite number by infinity, the answer is always exactly zero. You could have the largest finite, you could have like whatever the, the largest number is, you know, a trillion, gazillion, I don't know the, the, the technical names for the, the huge numbers. You take that number, you divide it by infinity, the answer is exactly zero. Do you know what that means? That if you were to live on earth for a million years, compared to the scope of eternity, 
your life on earth would be like exactly zero. That's how much time we have to praise the Lord on earth. We have zero. We, we're living in, in zero right now. Because eternity is so much is, is far beyond what we can comprehend. And so I'm standing before the Lord and I'm thinking, Lord, why didn't, through the week, why didn't I just keep that garment of praise on? You know, continually being filled with the Spirit, praising you when I didn't feel like it. You know, responding simply to who you are with the revelation that I do have. Why didn't I just praise you with more of my being? Why did I get so caught up with that stuff? And then after that, we'll be swallowed up in glory. And we're going to enjoy him forever. And my, my heart for us is that we'd simply be growing in praise continually. Beloved, as an, as an army of mighty warriors, the last thing I would want to see is for us to get really good at praising God on Sunday and just be caught up with so many of the things that we forget about God during the week and don't posture our hearts to praise him. And as we set out to accomplish the mandate that he's put on us to set captives free and bestow on them a garment of praise, that's the starting place. It's very difficult to bestow on someone a garment of praise when we've taken it off ourselves. That's where God's leading us. He's saying, wear it all the time. Be wrapped up in it fully. And then set captives free and bestow on them that garment. That's what he's called us to. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are calling us to nothing less than the fullness, Lord. You're calling us to nothing less than to live in the full measure of all that you have bought for us through the blood of your son, Jesus. God, we commit to that right now. We make that the commitment of our hearts to not settle for anything less than the fullness, than the fullness of praise to not worship you like we're saved on a Sunday and then forget about you, but to worship you, to praise you like we're saved every day of the week, to praise you in a manner worthy of who you are and what you have done. God, grow us as worshipers, as praisers every day through the rest of our life, Lord, that we would stand before you someday Lord, with a a measure of confidence in how we praised you, that you would welcome us and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You set your heart on praise. Now enter the fullness of praise because I got the fullness of it right now in this place. Yeah, we thank you, Father. We give ourselves to the place of praise, God, to growing continually in it, God, knowing that your heart is set on this for us. We say yes to your heart. We say yes to your desires for us. And we thank you for it. We ask these things together in Jesus' name. Amen.